You know, I was I was so happy to hear that Tom Cruise movie blew the country away. Yeah, you know, they were expecting 150 million dollars at the box office, which in a post-pandemic world, it's hard to get anybody to go see a movie, much less, you know, with a group of people in the theater. And I'm a big Tom Hanks fan. I mean, he's just to me, he's eye candy. Uh, you know, is he a fantastic actor? No, but it, that doesn't matter. He he's entertaining. Great article by John Nolte from Breitbart said the reason that the movie did so well is because it avoided being woke, like all the other movies that are out there. There was no preaching. You know what they do now with media. And so people wanted to go see a movie that takes them back to the time before Woke, before the liberal progressives took over, and just enjoy good old-fashioned American movie making, which is what Tom Cruise is all about. Tom has always managed to find himself in some of the best movie roles. Minority Report still blows me away. Um, War of the Worlds, another great movie. Few Good Men. Uh, what else? My God, it doesn't even... That's just the tip of the iceberg. Jerry uh, Jerry Maguire, like the number one movie for all dates. It just does... You know, you had me at hello, you know. So hats off to America for knowing how and when to go see a good movie because I could just see all the, you know, liberal, tidy, you know uptight people. Oh, I would never go see a movie about Navy jet fighter pilots. Oh my God, who wants to sit in a movie? See, they don't get it. They don't get that people like watching movies with strong men playing leading roles and lots of vim and vigor and excitement and adrenaline. They don't get that. They, they want that to be squashed. They don't have any any need for that. That's all that patriarchal stuff that we're trying to get rid of. So we have a good show. We have so much to talk about. I'm, I'm, on the one hand, I'm very relaxed about having a three-day weekend, but I'm also equally frustrated because I do a lot of reading. I, I can't help it. I, I, I can't look away from the accident, the, the the gigantic car wreck that is the human race. I mean, you know how it is. You drive on the freeway, you see a car, you know, pulled over in a wreck. You got to look. You can't help it. It's just in our curiosity. It's in our genes. Anyway, so monkeypox, interesting stuff there. Gas price hell. And who the hell did Biden think he is? Had a lot of time to think about that over the weekend. The gun debate, which we have to talk about because it's ridiculous. Then we also want to talk about free speech in America. 11 reasons that Joe Biden should be impeached today. Also, I have a new podcast that I want to share with you. Also, we'll talk about that 10-year-old kid in my neighborhood, by the way, who texted out that he was going to do a shooting. And man, the police were on him like fly on you-know-what. And so we should talk about the social aspect of that. Also, uh, what's next? What are we going to do with gun control? Everybody's talking about gun control. Who mandates You know, the World Health Organization wants to control everybody now, and our stupid president wants to let him do it. It's just unbelievable. That's what happens when you're relaxing in Paris. I I literally was in 
uh, just a veritable South Florida paradise. I saw five yet uh, Sunday morning. I go out and I have this little marble table that that sits and it has a perfect view into Sarasota Bay, surrounded by mangrove trees and puffy clouds and just as far as the eye can see, just beautiful bay water. And it's at a position where there's a bit of a of an in, inlet. And so it's a great place for a dolphin to come and hang out or manatee. And so first thing, Sunday morning, I get up and I say my prayers and I go out and spend a few mo- moments with God before I get on with my day. And I look and I see five dolphins swimming literally yards away. And it, and it gave me pause and I thought to myself, you know, if we keep acting the way that we're acting, who knows, maybe two million years from now, they'll develop arm and legs and maybe they'll be ruling the, the animal kingdom. Who knows? You seem like pretty intelligent species. Maybe they can do a better job than, than you and I. But let me tell you something. This is what really ticked me off. It, it wasn't that I read about how all these new studies are coming out from people who've taken the COVID vaccine and how they're mysteriously getting these weird elements. That didn't bother me because I already knew that was going to happen. You know, it, it didn't bother me that, you know, I'm staring a government in the face that, that has taken over energy consumption in America, like the tyrants that they are. Who the hell gave, who the hell gave this president or any president for that matter the uh, authority to flip the switch on energy that is below the feet of American citizens. Who the hell gave him that right to turn off the Keystone XL pipeline, choking us all so that we have to go and spend two, three, four, five hundred dollars a week just to get to work? And you know what? Nobody brings it up. But when you have six dollar a gallon gasoline, there's a federal tax that goes to that. So the government is making that money back. It's like a sponge absorbing all the moisture in the area. You know, that that little nice check that Biden sent you during the pandemic. I tell you all the time, I tell people all the time, the government gives, the government taketh away. If the government will give it to you, there are strings attached. There are always strings attached. I learned this at an early age one time when I got unemployment. And I, and I, you know, it was so ridiculously low that I couldn't possibly live off of it. So I went and did some side jobs. And one of my side, I, you know, 19 years old, what do I know? I just figured the unemployment is there to help me pay the bills until I can get a full-time gig. And this was what, like 1981. So it was unemployment. Thank you, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Carter. It was not a good time to, to be entrepreneurial anyway. The point is, the the somehow the, the state of California figured out that I made a few hundred bucks, and they penalized me for collecting unemployment. And I had moved, and so I didn't hear about it for at least a year or so. And man, that bill it was paid in full. But for just a few hundred dollars, I saw the power of the government and the extent by which they are willing to go to get you if they give you something they want it back in spades don't think for a moment that ukraine if they manage somehow to win this war they're going to be under the control of america for the rest or maybe they want it that way maybe maybe that was their end goal to become like a south korea 
or a Japan. You know, maybe Ukraine just wants to be yet another footstool for the American political system, you know? I think that's what it's all about. I think that's what it's always been about. I think America has always wanted to be right there in the breadbasket of Asia. Uh, they're our biggest competitor on the food st- on, the, on the stage for food, if you think about it. Why not control them? Uh, you know, maybe it's good for East Asia to have a little democracy injected it up right up the snake of the river, you know? But um, the thing that made me mad the most, it was a simple little thing. I was checking my, my tweets and I saw that someone had noted that the new American quarter for 2022 is now out and in circulation. Quarters, we don't use them very much. We don't see them very much. I mean, that's basically change. You always get change. You put it in a bucket or a cup or something. You never see it again. Does anybody use? use? I mean, occasionally I have a few pennies if I want to round it out. But uh, the American quarter now has George Washington looking away from In God We Trust. His back is against we In God We Trust. No explanation why they turned the head to look the other way. Uh, so I had to go do some digging, and I found out that the Collective Coin uh, Agency, I didn't even realize we had, I, I guess that would be some part department of the Treasury. You know, and coinage is an interesting thing, because if you've watched any of the numest, I can't even pronounce it, numestatists, people who, who have a hobby of collecting coins, coins are a... Uh, they're periodic and they always represent the moment in which they're printed. That's what they do. You know, if you look at any coin from any country during any period, what you see on that coin is oftentimes symptomatic or emblematic of what is what is that state of government, who the leaders are, who they revere. Uh, and in our case, we've always had our founding fathers on these presidents. And this particular George Washington has his back against the statement in God we trust. And I and I I pondered that deeply. And I thought to myself somebody made that decision and they could not have been blinded to the idea that they had done just that, put our back against in God we trust. They, they couldn't take it away, but they could move the president. And I found that rather disgusting. Don't you? We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robert Davi Show. Is that Michael Sussman got off. That was the lawyer uh, representing Hillary Clinton in the 2016 campaign. He was found not guilty of a single count of lying to the FBI when he said he was not working on behalf of any client when he was, when he allegedly passed along covert communications between or allegedly between the Trump Organization and Russia's Alpha Bank which later, of course, proved to be false because it was merely a, a, a fax machine that was sending pamphlets to different fax machines all over the country. And somehow Jake Sullivan, through a friend of a friend of a friend, was able to connect that something from the Trump organization was making a phone call to something in Russia, which, of course, turned out to be a fax machine with information about a, a Trump hotel. That was it. And that whole thing blew up into a three-year investigation. And Michael Sussman was the man 
who went to the FBI with this so-called information received from Jake Sullivan, received from his source. And then they used Sussman to get the FBI to investigate. <laughs> it's just, you couldn't ask for more corrupt deep, deep state situation. But he was found innocent. So John Durham's first case uh, didn't get past first base. Now, what's interesting is the... Where is this clip? So the jury was made up of three Clinton donors, uh, an AOC donor, a woman whose daughter is on the same team, sports team, with Michael Sussman's daughter, uh, with the exception of randomly selecting people out of DNC. You couldn't come up with a worse jury. That's what they're writing. Uh, So... Uh, you know, it shouldn't be a disappointment. I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise, but my heart sinks because uh, I just, I just, you know, there's a great scene in the verdict with, with Paul Newman where he's giving his final summation. And I, and I probably have it. I would play it, but it's about three minutes, a little, a little long. But he really makes a plea to the jury that no matter how powerful people are, they still should be held accountable that that power and um, pedigree those are tangibles uh they're they're handed out frivolously it would appear god seems to give people who are talent great talent but then they corrupt that talent and they use it for their own means and is there anybody on this planet that thinks that i mean the former secretary of state and wife of bill clinton one of the most corrupt, corrupt politicians. And yet from behind the scenes, she still wields great power. Just it's, I think that's what's disappointing. Uh, so anyway, that's the story. Sussman's off. Don't know what this will do to future. Maybe they should have had the, the case outside of D.C. I think that would have been fair. All right. So over the weekend, <laughs> the monkeypox... If you go to Our World and Data, I want to get this in. Our World and Data will give you the daily count, uh, and it's our ourworldanddata.com. So I'll go there with you. Yeah, there we go. And you will get what's happening with monkeypox. Now, everybody said, don't worry about monkeypox. Don't worry about monkeypox. It's, you know, but you have to ask yourself, why wouldn't I worry about something that for in two weeks has gone from one person to 555 as of today, May 30th? Especially when for the past 60 years, not more than three people have ever been infected with monkeypox outside of Africa. So think about that for a moment. For up to 60 years, this, this little virus that was somehow transferred between monkeys to kids just basically stayed in Ghana and West Africa, small, insignificant, out of the world place. And then all of a sudden at Antwerp a few weeks ago, I think it was like May 8th through May 11th, they had this big party. It's called a fetish celebration. So you know that it's going to be attracting all kinds of people with predilections and sexual appetites and weird things that you and I know better. Uh, but, you know, in this age of sexual liberation, people no longer have rules. They they just do as 
as they please. And so they go to these gigantic festivals. They dope up. They take a lot of mollies. They drink till they can barely stand, probably snort more cocaine than you and I have ever seen in our entire life. And they party their asses off for three or four weeks and brings down the inhibitions. And these people are just doing whatever they want to do, right? It's not exactly the most moral place on the planet. So out of this this uh, fetish festival springs monkeypox. And what is monkeypox? It's shingles. It's smallpox. It's part of the pox family. And it, it causes massive irritation. And it has about a... It's got a higher kill rate than COVID. If this thing were ever to explode. And the World Health Organization... seems anything but interested in this. So just looking at the timeline, nothing happens for about four or five days after the festival because it has an incubation period of about two weeks. Similar to, it has a lot of the same characteristics, by the way. I'm not saying that it came from COVID, but I'll, I'll get to that part in just a moment. So nothing happens until about May 15th. Then there's seven cases. And those were the first seven that we heard about in the UK, and they appeared mostly among gay men who had just returned from one of three different festivals celebrating gay pride, Antwerp, and there was a festival in Portugal and a a festival in Spain. So one man came back and infected seven people in England. And then a few days later, 10 people in the world are infected. And then a few days later, 47. Then it jumps to 93. Then it jumps to 109 by May 22nd, a week later. So now it's tripled. Then we move on to just before last weekend, and that number has jumped to 263. Uh, 351, 403 on Sunday. Yesterday, 432. Today, 555 known cases of monkeypox outside of the world. This is all online, ourworldanddata.org. And so this week in the World Health Organization, you're not going to believe this. So bear in mind that, okay, so maybe we have vaccines, maybe they're effective, you know, depending on who you trust, I suppose. But the fact of the matter is that this thing is exponentially growing and nobody seems to care. In fact, they don't want you to call, they don't want you to bring up the gay aspect of it, that it's mostly occurring in the gay community. Uh, And they actually said, the World Health Organization said that uh, tomorrow is the beginning of Pride Month. And they said, if you are going to celebrate Pride Month in the world at all these various festivals, do so without worrying about monkeypox. Do so without worrying about monkeypox. We're not concerned about this at all. Doesn't that strike you as strange? Don't hang out with unvaccinated people, but it's okay to hang out with gay people who might have monkeypox. That is the strangest thing I've ever heard. We'll be right back. Stay tuned to The Robert Davi Show. Uh, You know, I was thinking over the weekend about gas prices. You know, they keep shooting up. A lot of analysts say that we could see $8, possibly $10 a gallon gas. It's already up to 10 gallons if you have to drive diesel, like truck drivers. And I, and I kept asking myself two questions. One is, who gave Biden the, the uh, ability to do this? 
How is it not not just Biden, the president in general? Why why does the president have so much power? Yeah, we elected him, right? But did, did we elect him to undermine energy consumption in America? I guess maybe we did. Did we? I don't remember doing that. Um, I mean, what about Congress? What about the Senate? Who, who gives one person the right to control energy that's under our feet? It's under your feet. If you live in Los Angeles, it oozes out of the ground. It gets on your toes when you go swimming. It, that's how plentiful carbon is. But people have been convinced that it's it's deadly. I use the analogy, you know, maybe Swade, you've heard of this. Swade, you know that people starve in India of food, right? You know that? Thousands of people a week die throughout India from starvation. Did you know that? Yeah, I'd heard that. And you know, yeah. And did you hear that they let cows walk around the street? <laughs> I mean, they're staring at dinner. And they starve to death. That's the best example of what I see happening right now. We have energy oozing out of our lands. And we have a president who says, no, you can't have that. You can't have that cheap, abundant energy. I'm going to shut it off. And then your gas prices are going to go up because you're going to get punished. Because you are bad. Because you are committing climate violence. That's what his thinkers, the people that surround Biden, think. It's like cutting off oxygen. You can't breathe that oxygen. You'll start to get energy and start running around the room, and we can't have that. So I'm asking the really important question here. If you're in Mesa or if you're in Las Vegas or if you're in Colorado Springs, you're driving home right now. You're maybe getting ready to call it a day. You got to get up tomorrow morning and you're looking at your gas tank. I bet you haven't filled up in a while, have you? How did you give Biden this power over you? Why aren't we fighting it? Why aren't we demanding that he reopen XL? Who are we? What have we become? He should be issuing permits. We should be forcing him. We should be revolting. We should have signs. We should be at the White House. We should be in Delaware. People are driven into poverty. And it's going to continue this. This isn't going to change. And he's doing it to spite us. Jen Granholm, the Department of Energy lady, she's, she takes great pride in seeing us suffer. She wants us to repent for even believing for a moment that fossil fuels were useful, that were good. We were, we were evil when we were doing that because we were hurting Mother Earth. They say people don't have religion today, so what do they do? They they turn uh, the fetish of worshiping the earth into a religion. It's our job to save Mother Earth. These people are sick, and they want you and they want your children to, to suffer. They're having energy prices like crazy in, in Germany and elsewhere. These people, uh, they, they switch to renewables to feel good. Renewables don't work. They don't give you but 7% of the energy that you got from a piece of coal or a gallon of oil, gallon of gas. And this president turns off the very oxygen we breathe here in the United States. Who gave him that right? That's what I'm asking you. Why does he have that right? Who the hell does he think he is that he can do this? And, and, and what does he say? And, and God willing, we'll come out better and stronger. What, what kind of idiot does this to his people? 
what is he, a king? And meanwhile, we we continue to have this ridiculous gun debate. Now, the big thing is everybody in America wants armed guards at, at schools. They want high surveillance and security. They want basically nobody in, nobody out without, is this the world we live in? Do we want our children to grow up in schools where they go to school every day and they're dropped off and they're essentially in prison? They're in prison. Gates, guards, guns. Why? Because we failed? Because we failed to produce the kinds of families in this country that produce the kind of children that don't grow up and start shooting? I guarantee you this guy was probably on some drug two, three years ago. He's This, this, this wasn't about guns. It never was. But now they're having the gun debate. Republicans are lining up like little sheep that they are. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll debate guns. Yeah, we think too many Americans have guns. You know, Canada. Today, just just today. This is why they keep showing the children, I think. You know, they keep showing the deaths of the children and their names and what they did and what kind of candy they liked and where they went to school and all of their... This is done with a specific thing to beat you down to make you feel so small and so bad because you produced a country because you failed to keep gun off the, the guns off the streets even the term gun violence is is hyphenated it's one word gun violence right it's not car violence when you crash your car into people it's not car violence right gun violence and, and then it's all wrapped into somehow being about racism. You know, one guy said that the reason that the cops didn't go in to Uvalde was because they were Mexican. That was the stupidest thing I heard. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Anyway, the Republicans are blowing it. Big article over the weekend. I think it was Matt Bespa from Town Hall. He says, are the Republicans really that stupid that they're going to go and negotiate with Democrats because they've been suckered into believing that they have to? Anyway, that's where we're at today. We shouldn't even be having the debate about guns. What we should be having a debate about is families. Why did this kid hate? Why Why was his mother a drug addict? Why was the grandmother raising this kid and not the father? Where was the father? Was this kid just so evil that nobody wanted anything to do with him, and yet somehow he was able to slip through the cracks and go buy a gun when everybody, it seemed at school, knew that this guy had it out for them? He would threaten people regularly. And then you got this 10-year-old in Cape Coral, Florida, who texts a friend, hey, I'm going to do the same thing. Man, the law came down on this guy so fast. 10-year-old. I I told my granddaughter, she was amazed. I said, you know, this is the reason 10-year-olds don't drive cars, because they don't make good decisions. Their brains haven't formed. They're not... They're not thinking like adults, and yet we're treating this guy. They released his name. They they showed him coming out of jail. His face is all over the country. His 10-year-old kid's life is over because he made a stupid mistake. His parents are going to be hounded by the Department of Children and Family for years. It's going to be a mark on him that will last throughout his life, and he'll grow up bitter. All because of a... And this is what happens because we're because we're watching. See, we see the, the, the photographs of the young children and who they wanted to be and who their heroes were and what t-shirts they wore. And so that that just that feeds into this, you know, you can't help but to cry and to be upset. And then this 10-year-old has the gall to text and repeat the threat. And so we demand that he gets arrested. We demand that we see his face. We demand that he face justice. 
We demand that we have gun laws. We demand that we have security, high, high security surveillance in every school now to prevent this from happening. We need to have at least three armed guards standing by. Nobody in or out. No parents, by the way. No parents in or out. Think about that for a moment. Think about that, that little caveat there. You want to go get your kid. You want to find out if they're being groomed. You're not going to be able to now. They're under surveillance. This is dystopia. Welcome to dystopia. You are now a citizen of dystopia. So when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit more about energy prices and other things that are affecting all of us. Also about free speech, some of the other things coming down the road. You're listening to The Robert Davi Show. If you want to reach out to me, my email is realjimwatkins1, realjimwatkins1 at gmail.com. My podcast is called Dystopia. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. I think the rate of infection right now, the RA of monkeypox, is about uh, double every day. So every day it seems to double. So right now we're at over 555. So tomorrow uh, it will probably spread to about a thousand, a little over a thousand, and then two, and then four. And then we have a pandemic, and it's time to do mail-in ballots again. But don't make any reference to being a gay thing, even though that's where a lot of the contagion seems to be spreading. Uh, another thing that another lie that you believe is that that the side effects from COVID are non-existent. Uh, over the weekend, John Roberts from Fox had sent out a tweet asking for anybody who had taken a uh, or if if they, anybody had known anyone who had been seriously ill from COVID and what the impact was on their life. So that was his question was. Do you have anybody that you have any COVID stories you can tell of people that got sick? And he said the, his overwhelmingly responded from people, thousands of people, not from people who had had COVID, but from people who had vaccines. <clears throat> he said he was shocked. And then also, uh, I believe it was the Miami Herald on a Facebook page. They had a simple questionnaire, similarly to what uh, John over at Fox, John Roberts had posted, which was share your COVID stories. And the majority, if not all, were people not sharing COVID stories, but vaccine sickness stories. And a lot of people were complaining. Now get this. A lot of people were complaining that it wasn't that they got sick from the vaccine that bothered them because most of it was not that serious, but it's just a serious enough to where you call your doctor and say, hey, is this normal? But a lot of people were writing in saying the doctors didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to know anything. If, 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 I, if I, as a caller, called my doctor and said, hey, I'm feeling this heart problem and I just got my vaccine, click, they hang up. Or they don't want to know, well, it's not the, it's not the COVID, it's not the vaccine. Call me back in two weeks. So I'm looking at the data, the latest data from VAERS, which is the CDC's own numbers, the COVID-19 vaccine adverse event report ending May 20th, which is 10 days ago, 28,312 deaths, 158,974 
hospital visits, 15,000. What does that say? Disabilities, 4,600 miscarriages. Now there are reports that women are having strange menstruation cycles, some none at all. There's been reports, even Dr. Naomi Wolf, who is a vowed Democrat uh, and a progressive at heart, wrote a very emotional substack earlier this weekend talking about how frightened she is that she's seen so many women in particular that are lactating green breast milk. Did I mention to you that uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos are all heavy investors in a new genetically modified baby formula? Just in time, huh? So this is just in the category of people will believe anything, including that COVID vaccines are perfectly safe. Uh, Okay, so here's 11 things that show that we're in for a hell of a ride in the next two years under the current presidency. According to the Harris poll, 56% of Americans say that their finances are terrible. Uh, 66% of Americans are avoiding social events because they're embarrassed at their financial situation. The housing bubble is crashing. April, oh, you heard all through (laughs) the first part of the year. Good time to buy, man. You can get a great home. 16.6% down from March to April. Uh, That's back to pre-pandemic. That's even worse than in April 20 when the lockdowns first occurred. Let's see. uh, The average price of of a gallon of gasoline has gone up 45 cents, breaking the record, now sitting at an average of $4.59 a gallon. The average car on the road has reached an all-time record high, 12.2 years. Americans can't afford cars. Millions of families are dealing with food prices, uh, home and food prices, 7.2% increase over last year. Food prices alone up 9.4%. Natural gas has just crossed the $9 threshold. And that is going to impact us all because every one of those trucks you see on the road are fueled by diesel at $10 a gallon. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see. uh, What else? What else? What else? A new CBS YouGov poll. 74% of Americans believe things are going badly. That's... That's seven out of 10 people, if you were to ask Americans, say, yeah, things aren't looking good. <laughs> and then Biden gets up there over the weekend and he's speaking before a large crowd and he says, democracy is not good. Uh, I mean, perfect. <laughs> uh, aye, aye, aye. All that, by the way, came from Peter Schiff, who's a known economist. Uh, well-respected. He says, every time there's been some sort of crisis in our society, our leaders respond by showering the system with more money. In 2008, the U.S. debt was $10 trillion. 2022, it's now $30 trillion. Uh, There's going to be a day of reckoning. Uh, And, you know, throwing money overseas, $40 billion here, $50 billion there, that doesn't help. Eventually, the... And again, it's like I said at the beginning, why are we not protesting? What is wrong? What is it going to take for people? I mean, the, 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 the baby formula issue was such a slap in the face to moms. I mean, they're sitting there. Now they have to go look for baby formula, and the, the price of gas is twice as high. 
three times as high. You have to drive farther to, to feed your baby. I would like to ask President Biden, when was the last time he actually put a gas pump in a car and actually watched the ticker move as he was pumping gas? I bet you hey, he hasn't been in a car in 20 years. You know, I bet you Nancy Pelosi... Oh, you heard about the, the husband, did you? Yeah, it's it's a distraction. Who cares what he's going to get off? You know, he's a billionaire. I mean, his Napa ranch, it's $15 million home. That's a $15 million home, Nancy Pelosi, on a congressional salary. It's amazing, isn't it? I think she owns a vineyard, if I'm not mistaken. You know, they live on Zinfandel Lane. Did you know that? He's going to get off scot-free. I don't care about that. Somebody rightly asked, what the hell is he doing driving at four in the morning in the first place? Don't they have chauffeurs? Anyway, where was I going with this? These people don't, (laughs) they're not in our world. They don't go to the gas station and pump gas. I can guarantee you. So we covered a lot today. We covered so much today. That's just what I absorbed over the weekend while I was relaxing. Uh, but it's it's where we're at, and I, I, I that's why I came up with this podcast because this radio show is an extension, or the podcast is an extension of my work here, and I'm I have to I, I I took this very seriously, a lot of soul searching over the week, and I said, what do I do? What do I do to to try to inject some positivity into the dialogue and get people to start thinking because. At this rate, we will be under the control of the World Health Organization. We're already under the control of very bad leadership. And that's, I think, the essence. All of the things that we talked about today. And we didn't even get to the free speech issue, which we'll have to pick up tomorrow. But I I know there are a lot of people listening right now that, that share these things with me. They understand the stakes are very high. And they may even be a little afraid because... It seems like the odds are stacked against us. We have the media on the side of the government. We have oligarchy. We have corporate corporate enterprises. People like George Soros and Bill Gates who are working against us. In the sense that they think that they can micromanage humanity, mind you. And so sometimes, and now we have, uh, you know, Republicans who are negotiating gun laws. Trumped-up gun laws that will do nothing to save our children, and we're all talking about the idea of turning our schools into surveillance centers. That's what they're going to be. It's just they're going to be government-sponsored surveillance centers. It's where your kids are going to be going, and you won't be allowed to come in, and they won't be allowed to come out. It's it, it just step by step. Reagan was right. We're one generation away from totalitarianism. You know, freedom is something that's so precious, but when you don't have it, you don't usually get it back. This is what I've been told, and this is what I hear. Ask someone in Venezuela how hard it is for them to live, that they have to sell hair from their children so Americans can wear wigs. I mean, that's pretty sad. But we the only, the only way that I can make that positive is, is to come into your life and have you share what I say to you with others and, and in a very kind way. Because I think, I think that a lot of people on the left 
are frankly very upset with the way things are going and they don't want to say anything because they don't want to tip their hat. They don't want to be outed for being against them, for being against this president, for being against the Democratic Party. They're afraid. They're afraid that they're going to be outed, that they're going to be canceled, that they'll be marginalized. They will be bullied. They're afraid, but that isn't the majority. The majority are the people who went out this weekend and watched Tom Cruise, and they saw American exceptionalism again, and they were proud, and they loved that energy. That's the majority of this country. See you next time on The Robert Davi Show. What are you going to